Right. So where's Watson going? Like, as the time we're recording this, people might listen to this afterwards and be like, well, why would you guys talk about that and predict it? Where is he going? Um, I, I really have a, I really have a hunch. He's going to end up in Atlanta. Apparently I think Matt Ryan is guaranteed like $7 million, like some roster bonus on Friday. If he's still on Atlanta by Friday um, and they haven't restructured anything for his contract yet, which is interesting. Um, I think he's going to Atlanta as well. He's from Georgia. It makes sense. Um, they're talking about bringing in Jarvis Landry. Who knows? Maybe they'll reunite with Julio. I, I don't know. I, I think the Saints make a lot of sense for him, too. He probably can go to New Orleans. Uh, I just, I just want to know because I just want, I want Carolina to be able to go out into free agency and just do what they want to do and to just, like, move on. Like, make a decision already. Like, apparently Carolina and New Orleans have already sent offers. Ask Atlanta to send over their best offer. And then say, Watson, do you want to go to any of these? And if he says yes, then pick the best offer and just get the deal done. Yeah. I think the the dragging it out is what's killing me. I mean, it's yeah. like, you know, it's worse than asking a woman where she wants to eat. Uh, easy there. <laughs> a lot of people don't know where they want it. But anyways, welcome on in to Second and Short. Uh, here at Second and Short, we have the Cheap Seats Fantasy and Dynasty podcast with your host, Tyler Lauder, joined with our Dynasty expert over on the coast, Jason. Uh, Jason? How you been doing, man? How you feeling about some of your signings for your Giants? You talked about maybe you guys got a new starting quarterback in free agency. Yeah, I I feel I feel okay. I mean, we let Ingram go, uh, which is basically cutting dead weight. Uh, I felt uh, Tyrod Taylor coming in is as a shocker to me, uh, and I really think that he's going to push Jones for a starting position. I mean, whenever Tyrod Taylor is in a situation. Whoever ends up playing behind him ends up doing pretty well. So um, maybe if Jones is the backup when the season starts, you know, three weeks in, Jones will just somehow be better because he has Tyrod in front of him. Uh, but today's episode, as we kind of talked about there, we're warning about Deshaun Watson. We're talking about Tyrod Taylor. It's all about free agency going on right now, um, you know, before the actual year date starts and everything. And all these deals that have went through, some trades that have happened. And we're going to talk about, two not say players but two sections of dynasty overreactions where we think guys are signing somewhere getting traded to somewhere that the community is hyping up their value a little bit because they assume the potential is going to be there which isn't always those situations that process and cha changes we're also going to talk about two sections uh where we think the community is undervaluing these new moves and new additions that we think are actually fantastic for value wise and that you should go capitalize on these as soon as possible before people start realizing the true value. Be sure, hit that subscribe button down below here on YouTube. Follow us on all of our audio podcasts, Apple, Google, um, Spotify, wherever else they play podcasts. Like this video and comment down below your, your biggest overreaction or underreaction for Dynasty right now that you're seeing. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump on in to the first one, and that is the Miami Dolphins running backs. So, Mike McDaniels, new head coach, comes over. He was doing all the you know, running back scheming and everything yeah. over at San Francisco where we had a constant running back carousel there. Uh, they have Miles Gaskin, so it looks great for Miles Gaskin. His value already went up just from that signing. And then we see Chase Edmonds gets a two-year, $12.6 million deal. 6.1 of that's guaranteed, so that's good for him. And then they bring over Raheem Mostert, who gets uh, a 
3.1 million uh, for a year as well. Now the running back room is looking like it did in San Francisco. Yeah, and uh, which I don't know how this is really going to impact who you're going to be looking at uh, as your RB1 in Miami. Uh, you got three possibilities. Now, Moster is the one that is, I feel, is on the outside looking in because the injury history, he does have a little bit more wear and tear on him. He's a little older, but he is a serviceable plug-and-play guy. He can he can go in. He's been out for the better part of the last two years mm-hmm. with injuries, but he is familiar with the, the schemes that are coming coming over so that gives him a leg up so i think this is going to be a real headache uh, in fantasy terms this is going to be the headache of trying to pick a new england running back um you're they're going to go with a high hand sometimes you're going to see spikes on carries and playing time for one and then the next week they're going to fall off dramatically i i think it's going to be the uh the epitome of a carousel and they're going to ride the high hand but I, I still like Gaskins. I still think Gaskins uh, is, is the lead uh, with Edmonds being a a change of pace uh, that could come in, and you're going to have a one-two punch here, and most of it's going to be pretty much the the late power um, game that's going to be able to win when you get to the second half. Defense is being wore down. That he's going to be in there to add some explosive and give the the other two a blow and a break. Yeah, and I my biggest thing here is that I, we've already seen Edmonds' value kind of go up a little bit. And this isn't to say that we don't like Edmonds because we do. And we've both been owners of him this past year. Yeah, and you know he he averaged twelve points a game playing in Arizona, where he's sharing time with James Conner. He missed five games, probably say six games, because the game he got hurt in, uh, I believe, against Seattle. So he didn't get to play a full game there. Mostert missed the entire season. He had two carries in the first game, and then he had to have surgery. Uh, I think back in October, he had surgery on his left knee. Um, uh, not, not like a, a tendon tear or anything, but he had some cartilage situation. And he's been recovering from that. And he's had, you know, he's been fantastic. He's like a five yards a touch type guy. But Gaskins had the job in Miami the whole year and couldn't really hold on. They kept bringing in guys. Mike McDaniels, while he might be a guy that is going to gift running backs a little more value, he's going to play the hot hand, I believe. And I think if you own some of these guys, I would sell them on the hype of Mike McDaniels just because I don't want to be that guy that's trying to decide which running back this week is going to be the guy that gets 15 touches. I don't want to do that. And for me, I think people overreacting on Chase Edmonds a little bit saying that, oh, now he's in Miami. With Mike McDaniels, he's going to be the lead guy. Well, he sells a little bit of injury history. We have to remember that. And it's a crowded room with a guy that he likes more, that not necessarily likes more, but a guy that he has more familiarity with, and another guy that is already from that team who's familiar with the team itself. So those are two things going against Edmonds right now. Uh, I'm not against having those guys on my team. It's just, it's just a risk I don't want to take right now. And I think people are really, really wanting to kind of take that risk. And uh, a good thing about this is uh, you could go out if if you do not have both of them, uh, which I do share um, two leagues that I own both. Mm-hmm. You can go out and you know find the uh, owner of the other one and sell to the 
hey, look, you want that security, you know, and, and try to sell off and, and get some value out of it um, and save yourself the headache. I think collectively all three will put together nice numbers for team running back uh, numbers. I think like collectively, if they're all healthy, we could see something of long of lines of like 1800 rushing yards total between the three um, or maybe just like 2000 all purpose yards, something like that, like somewhere between 1500 rushing and about a thousand receiving somewhere in that range. I'd feel comfortable with all three of them um, if they're all healthy, but that's a big thing. If they're all healthy. Um, I, I don't know if Duke Johnson's still on the team or Philip Lindsay or Malcolm Brown. I don't know who's going to get cut <laughs> from this team. Um, the landing spot looks great at first, and then they keep adding more guys. And I, they might add another running back. They might draft a running back. Actually, they did draft a running back last year. Uh, Jared Dokes. The Docs. Dokes? Yeah, Dokes. they drafted him last year, I believe. I brought him in. And so for me, I'm just like, you know what? Let's stay away from this right now. Let the rest of the people overreact, overpay. Uh, maybe potentially you can, I don't know, trade somebody away and get some good value for him. Now let's talk about the next guy that people are kind of overreacting on a little bit. And this is, this is, this is a very hard one for us because I thought, I think a lot of the community is kind of underreacting right now. There's a lot of people we could talk about, but David Njoku got franchise tagged and then the Cleveland Browns decided to, They've been bashing on Baker Mayfield, essentially, saying they're not going to trade him, but if they can get a better quarterback, they will. Uh, but no, they're not going to trade him. He's our guy. Then they let go of Landry after not being able to work out a restructure deal. Uh, they trade away OBJ during the season, or cut OBJ during the season. They um, just released Austin Hooper. They're, they've been in trade talks saying, and I've seen names of like Kareem Hunt's part of packages to get sent out. So we sit here and we go, well, then Njoku's going to feast, right? Because they bring in Amari Cooper in a trade. And then the next pass catcher is him or Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like Rashad Higgins just left as well. So, I mean, yeah, uh, to the moon, right? And he had 36 catches for 475 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, and he did all that in, in 15 games. Problem is, is we have to remember this is still Cleveland who is still going to run the ball with Chubb a fair amount. They're still going to try and move the ball on the ground first. Then they're going to pass in short yard situations, potentially to him. They're probably going to add another tight end. Uh, I mean, they had over 400 rushing attempts last year. Talk about it. Yeah. And, you know, if Hunt stays, you know, that he's a great catch, pass catcher out of the backfield. So that's going to take targets. Joku, I used to be a truther. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I used to be a truther way back in the day. But then since his injury, uh, his wrist injury, he's not been the same player. His, uh, it's like it, it sucked his talent and confidence down with his talent. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm staying away from Joku as much as possible because, yeah, there's going to be targets, but who's going to be throwing the ball? Uh, you know, just... As of recording this, you know, Baker Mayfield requested uh, a trade uh, right before we started recording, and the Browns denied it. So there's going to be some some bitter feelings there. So who's going to be the quarterback in Cleveland also will factor into this. So, yeah, I'm, I'm staying as far away from Zoom. I mean, I it could be, a situation, can... could be a situation where at pick 13, if they trade, let's say – let's say they're all in on, on getting rid of Baker Mayfield 
at pick 13, they can draft a quarterback. But that, that just, my thing on Njoku necessarily isn't that I don't think he's good. I think that he is going to cost more than he should right now, considering how little he's proven in the NFL so far. That's, that's for me. Uh, I just, that, that, that's where I'm at. And I just, I don't, I don't think that the, like, oh yeah, the potential is there for him. He's got this athletic profile. He's going to be, he's to the moon. He's going to be, uh, you know, a tight end, a top 10 tight end. If he just got more touches and everything, he still has to get those touches though. I'm okay to not deal for him at all. Watch him glow and get these <laughs> touches the next year and be wrong. But I would rather do that than trade a decent amount of picks or a good player for a guy based on what is the fifth or sixth year upside. It's not for me. Uh, I hope he does well, but I, I still think Cleveland is going to try and add another pass catcher because I don't think they're, they're not going to sit with what they got right now. And they're probably going to add another tight end because they discovered a Hooper. So why wouldn't they bring in another tight end on top of that? This team loves Harrison Bryant as well, who's right behind him, who is an athletic profile um, tight end as well. So it's just, there's too much uncertainty for me. I don't understand why they franchise tagged him. Uh, I, I think people are going to look at this as there's nobody else there. So he has to get catches. That's not necessarily true. We've seen that in other teams and it doesn't always come true. Um, so yeah, that, that's where I'm sitting. Yeah. Um, and I think what people would be asking for, I mean, where do you, where do you think people's expect to get value based on compared to what you value? I would not feel comfortable trading. I don't even know if, if I own like 212, I might be comfortable trading him. But at that point, why wouldn't I just try and take like McBride or somebody from the draft at that point that has the same type of upside, you know? Um, if I based, get him, on, based if, on landing spot. Yeah, but even not landing spot, he's, the, you know, they're younger. And yeah, um, yeah I, I just don't know if I could, if I could do it. Um, in a single quarterback league, Dynasty Nerds, they just had a deal go down two days ago. Somebody traded Njoku and they got a 2024 uh, first round pick for him. And I, wow. yep, he's been using a lot of packages. Um, I also see him. He went for two thirds as well from this year. So I think that that's, I, I, I would send two thirds. for an, I would send him. I think that's good there. Yeah. Um, the guy that got a first, I saw um, somebody got DK Metcalf and they traded away Ninjoku and, uh, and a late first this year. And they got Metcalf. I saw somebody wow. get Hunter Renfo and they traded away uh, Ninjoku and a mid second. For Hunter Renfro. So I just, I think I'm not willing to buy in on him, but if I can get him for like a third round pick or as a part of some package deal where I don't have a tight end on my team, I could do that. But I think there are other tight ends that you can go out there and get that hold more value that I would rather spend money on. I would rather give two one for Dallas Goddard than I would to give three one for Ninjoku. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm right there with you. Uh, I think the highest I would go on Ninjoku. It's 210. The 210 to 33 range is mm -hmm. where I have him. Uh, but uh, I mean, if you can get him as a throw in on a deal uh, where you just need the, the depth at tight end, I think you can get him uh, fair market value as a throw in. Um, what I would be comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now let's talk about, let's switch over, and we are going to go into Superflex mode, and we're talking about a quarterback. We're going to talk about people that are getting undervalued right now, and we're going to start with quarterback Carson Wentz getting traded from the Indianapolis Colts to the Washington Commanders. This is a guy that, for some reason, is going to an offense that, let's look at statistically, um, last year, Taylor Hineke threw 494 passes. Combined, I think their team threw over over 500 attempts uh, with the other guys that they had there and fits for a couple of throws and Kyle Allen for some 500 attempts sounds pretty good uh, for Carson Wentz. Oh, wait a second. He had 516 attempts last year. What were his stats? He had 3,500 yards, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and then he had one rushing touchdown for 200 yards as well. He did lose five fumbles. So five fumbles is 10 points. So that cancels out, you know, half his rushing yards right there are canceled out. But still, that's, we're, we're looking at a quarterback that had 28 total touchdowns and 12 turnovers total. And he threw the ball over 500 times. Why is that not valued? Why are people saying, oh, this is bad? Like, oh, he's an upgrade from Taylor Hineke. For those that argue that he's not, Taylor Hineke had 17 turnovers, and he didn't play a full season as well. Uh, Carson Wentz has historically uh, been underprotected. He has been... Uh, pretty much not had number one receiving options, hardly any of his career um, that were reliable number ones. And he's just kind of always getting shafted. I think he is. Um, yeah. And I mean, if you want a retrospect on how we felt when uh, Wentz was with the Colts, uh, go back and listen to our AFC uh, breakdown when we discussed the Colts. Uh, and, you know, we went into you know how we value Wentz a little bit differently, but yes, since since him him moving to Washington, I think it's upgraded his value. Um, McLaurin gives him a young, uh, true one uh, week in week out. Uh, downgraded the running back uh, because you're downgraded from Taylor to Gibson. Naturally, yes, but also I think Logan Thomas the tight end. Is an, is an upgrade. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think him going into this um, this Washington team, I, I think that it ticks him up into that higher QB2 range uh, that he can produce. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm definitely trying to get Wentz. Uh, and a lot of, I just actually I just sold Wentz off, ironically. But I got it. I got it. It was a one. Uh, he was my QB four, so I got a a decent return in the super flex. I feel because I was really lacking at running back depth. I had three running backs, yeah. So I I, th I thought I got a decent return because I, I got the depth that I could plug and play. But and you know him being my QB four, he was expendable. So I'm buying him where I can and definitely holding him. Another and thing is that, is that the Washington Commanders didn't have to give up first round pick for him, which means they still hold um, the number 11 pick, I believe. It's either 11 or 12. Yeah. Um, yeah, number 11. They hold the number 11 pick. And the last time I checked, this is a pretty good wide receiver class as well. So you can't tell me that maybe Garrett Wilson is there or uh, the other Ohio State receiver, uh, Chris Olave, falls there, Traylon Burks. Maybe they get Drake London. 
boom, their receiving group already looks better. <laughs> it looks better. Michael Pittman had a chance to be a true number one, and he couldn't deliver. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey couldn't stay healthy. Um, and with Logan Thomas there, who we know is, you know, a pretty good receiving tight end when healthy. Uh, Carson Wentz does pretty well with tight ends as well. Um, he made Mo Ali Cox kind of look pretty good, you know, in the spare time he had enough to get Mo Ali Cox a, a decent contract to make it over ten million over the next couple of years. And I just think that Carson Wentz, who just finished in uh, quarterback leagues as the quarterback like thirteen for most leagues, he was he was borderline a quarterback one. Uh, he he's getting looked at like he's not. Some recent trades that just happened with him. I'm going to show you, and these are in Superflex based on Dynasty Nerds. They kind of show you this little um from their dynasty GM. These are trades that have happened on my fantasy league or sleeper over the past. It tells me a date too. Um, there's, I'm just going to pull bad ones because there's some that are pretty decent, but um, he went for a second and a third this year in a super flex. He went for KJ Osborne straight up for KJ Osborne. Uh, he went for Sam Darnold in a second and Robbie Anderson, which right there is just showing you. And he went for Dawson Knox. He went for a second. Do, do you see what I'm saying right here? Nobody yeah. can tell me that he's valued properly when he's going to a situation that throws just as much as he was just throwing. And he produced almost quarterback one numbers, but now he gets a more talented pass catching crew. And the team has a first round pick and they can add to that. And they kept JD McKissick, which was huge for them because he's a nice pass catching running back for him to use as well. So while he doesn't have Jonathan Taylor, we can say that Gibson and McKissick can do a decent enough job to fill in that role. And the offensive line in Washington has always been known as being pretty, pretty decent. With all that being said, I think that you should go out and buy Carson Wentz right now. Uh, if you're in one of those leagues that somebody has him and is like, nah, he's not that he's not on anything. Like, I think you could, if you, your team is bad at quarterback and QB ones, he could be a starting quarterback for you. People aren't valuing him. And I don't under, I don't understand why I don't get it. All right, so the direct quarterback comparison on Dynasty Process is Davis Mills, which I think is a very off-the-mark uh, comparison. <laughs> and, and I like Davis Mills. I, I think Davis Mills is a, a solid po pocket passer okay. that can develop. I think he's very raw. Uh, he was put in a situation where he was thrust into a starting situation that I don't think he was prepared for, but I think he has room, a lot of room to grow, but I would definitely take Wentz over him mm -hmm. in a heartbeat. If I could, if I could give up uh, Davis Mills and get Wentz and say a late second, I'd be all over it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would, yeah. If somebody might buy that <laughs> deal and they might, they might take you for it. And yeah, so I, I think Carson Wentz is just highly undervalued right now. And I think that you can probably get him pretty cheap compared to most starting quarterbacks in all of your leagues. And that so it's a move that you should actually go and you should try and do in my opinion, right away. Uh, now let's talk about our next undervalued guy, wide receiver, DJ Chark going from Jacksonville Jags who drafted him um, now is leaving to go be the number one or number two, whatever you want to say. I don't really care. Um, to the Detroit Lions, one year, $10 million deal. This is a prove it deal. This is a guy that is 6'4, 200 pounds. He's a wide receiver one profile. Uh, a couple of years ago, when he was 100% healthy, he had, you know, 73 catches, 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns on a, on a 
poor Jacksonville team. And then he came out the next year, played 13 games, 53 catches, 706 yards, five touchdowns. Um, but his average catches were about the same. This past year, only played four games, seven catches is all he had. It just didn't work out for him there. He needed to change the scenery. Now he goes to a place that has no other place, no other receivers there. And why I think he's getting undervalued is because it's Detroit. It's Jared Goff. But that doesn't mean that they won't produce fantasy relevant. Yeah, and if you look at Detroit, and a lot of people are selling them short. I mean, they have talent. They are oh, yeah. Swift, Galt, St. Brown emerged at the tail end of the season. And Khalif Raymond did pretty well for him. Yeah. Uh, and you have Hawkinson, who is a solid. They're, they've got talent. Uh, I think this is a, a nice addition to elevate that team a little bit more. Uh, they've got definite playmakers on the offensive side. Um, and their defense is not great, so they're going to be in mm -hmm. shootouts. You're going to get garbage time points. And Turk is a player that can extend the field, spread um, spread the field out, make you know, make those big plays, and also open up the underneath for the other players. So yes, I think it's I think it's a solid um, asset that you could add for maybe a mid second or this year or even a second next and benefit from uh, and plug him in as a definite um, cog into your flex position and, and benefit from. And the move was also nice too, because I think we, we know that Detroit is going to go pass rusher with their very first pick. Like we know that. And they were in position to draft a receiver at the very end. Now, they might still draft a receiver at 32, but I think they don't, they don't have to anymore, which is pretty nice because now what they can do is they can address another need defensively and they can just get a cornerback right there. And then at the two picks later in the second round, they can draft any other needs they have there and they can move forward. And I think what's going to happen is that Chark is going to come in and he's going to be opposite of Amon Ross St. Brown. We're going to see Caleb Freeman, who they re-signed, come in as the number three or four guy and then if they draft a guy that's going to be used as kind of like a bridge between Chark leaving next year and signing there, because this is a one-stop destination in my eyes for Chark before he moves on to another team and signs a big contract. That's what I think he's going to do. And so I think this allows Detroit to avoid the wide receiver position as early as they were going to prior. And they could probably wait till the second or later to get a receiver in a deep draft. Yeah, very, very wide receiver rich draft mm. that you can find diamonds in the rough. You can find project wide receivers that can learn and develop uh, that has the raw talent. I think this is a great uh, wide receiver class for Detroit yeah. to be able to develop a, uh, somebody in that, in that role to take over after. And we don't know, Chark could like being in Detroit and stay. This is, this is and, and then, you know, you look at it from that perspective, you sure up the defense, maybe add uh, some help on the offensive line. And Detroit no, is no longer the joke of the NFL. I mean, and there are other receivers that have some 6'2 and a higher size that they can get like the third round, like Romeo uh, Dobbs and Jalen Talbert and um, uh, Pickens out of Georgia. 
there's some guys that have some nice size that could fall into the top of the third round, maybe late in the second where they can move up that I think profile size wise, the same as Chark, you know, tall, lengthy guys um, that are 200 or lower. And that I think they could develop under Chark. Chark right now is running into a situation where they're, if they're going to, the lions are not going to be winning a lot of games. They're going to be losing. If they're going to be losing, they're going to be throwing If They're going to be throwing. They're going to throw somebody. Chark is more talented than anybody else on that roster. Um, Sands, uh, Monroe, St. Brown. And I just think that he's going to provide you great value and that you can get him pretty cheap. People are going to dog on this because of Goff. They're going to dog on it because the Lions. They're going to dog on it because Chark didn't play really last year. He only played four games, but it was sparingly. He was on a snap counts and everything. So why, why would he be able to develop? Okay, Allen Robinson was once a guy that did really well in Jacksonville, then was kind of hurt and didn't really do so well. And everybody was like, oh, it was a one-year wonder thing. Then he goes to Chicago and does well. Chark's going to do the same thing. That's what I believe. He's going to do the same thing. Buy on him now before his value jumps up and you can probably get him very cheap. And actually let's find out how cheap you can get DJ Chark. Unprofessional me. I should have had this prepared, but DJ Chark, mm-hmm. actually, I think we already looked at this. Yeah. We looked at it a, a few minutes ago and it yeah. was, it was... Um, he, in, a, in a single quarterback league. He went for a, a second round pick this year. I would do that deal. Kind of thing is single things that he's in. Um, he went for Khalil Herbert and Cole Holmcomb. Um, uh, he went for KJ Osborne straight up. I would, I would do that deal. He went for, uh, Ronald Jones. I'm mean, all these deals I would do. He went for Albert. O. somebody traded Calvin Ridley for DJ chart. Uh, yeah. Somebody traded a third and a fifth round rookie pick. I, go by DJ chart right now. There's nothing wrong yeah. with him being your wide receiver five or six on your team. Nothing wrong with it. Go buy him right now. I'm going to send out offers when this podcast is over. You, you want you want to know what's funny on Dynasty Process? Mm-hmm. You you want to know who the almost well, the direct correlation is? Who? Somebody that me you talked about earlier, and your boy Christian Kirk is a direct correlation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, size wise, they're not the same, but um, yeah, for production wise, that they should get. Yeah, it should. Yeah, and, and I mean two four. Two four is the pick that they've got him at. So I, I mean that that bodes well with what me and you were saying. And I think that you can get him for cheaper than two four. That's that's the that's the thing right now. You can get him for cheaper than two four. And if you can get him for a late second in this draft, I would do it. Hands down. And that's gonna do it for us here on episode nine of the season three podcast that we got going on here. Um episode, I don't know, a hundred overall or something like that. Ninety-nine, we'll say, I don't know. Um, but thank you guys for listening and following along. We are here on YouTube. Like, subscribe, comment down below. Everything that we need to keep us moving forward. Um, follow us on all of our social medias, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, we have polls going up everywhere. You know, we always, we, if, if you have a trade, we push it for you. Tag us in the trade. We'll retweet it as well. Uh, and also, just don't stop making those dynasty trades out there. Now, if you guys want to, Uh, catch us on other platforms where maybe you want to branch out and see other things. We're partners with the W2M network. Uh, You can also see Jason on his movie podcast there where they talk about various different types of movies. Uh, What's the name of that podcast again? Uh, It's a triple feature and damn you Hollywood. I'm on both. Uh, They asked St. Patrick's day. We just released me and Mark just released our leprechaun on the on trial uh which we defended the very first leprechaun jeff francis breakout movie um mm-hmm. it was a fun podcast um 
coming up, you know, I'm going to be doing the new Fantastical Beast, new Jurassic World. Uh, Talking about Halo everything we got series. movies. Yeah. Everything movies there. If you want to hear opinions from them on their movies, they will review the movie for you. Maybe give you a little insight before you actually watch the movie. I check on me. I'm on Love War Challenges podcast talking about the reality TV show from MTV, The Challenge. With all that being said, thank you guys for listening and make those deals. Make those deals right now. Anybody's overreacting, take advantage of it. They're underreacting, take advantage of it. Don't trape anybody, but take advantage of it. <laughs> <laughs>